Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. You know the drill. It's manscaped.com slash house. You get 20% off and free shipping anywhere in the world. Jake Zimmer and Will Tondo, uh, 95. We're approaching 100. And Juan Soto is a San Diego Padre. How's that for starting off this show? And Luke Voigt is a Washington National. <laughs> Even equally as surprising. Eric yes. Cosmer is a Boston Red Sox. Yeah, weird. weird. Weird stuff all around. We've got Sam Basil here to break it down, but I mean, no spoilers, but maybe, I don't know, biggest surprise possibly in like maybe two or three sentences. Uh, biggest surprise of the deadline for you. Biggest surprise, either Josh Hader to the Padres or Trey Mancini to the Orioles through the Astros Astros uh, out of the Orioles yes yeah. goodbye Mancini from Orioles um I think for me the surprise has to be Jordan Montgomery leaving the Yankees. that one yeah that one was just know, we, kicking the nuts it is a kick in the nuts and we'll we'll talk about all this with Sam Basil uh house contributor Wilbo Wonder Boys uh host all that good stuff we've seen him around the Twitter sphere um yeah, this quickly went from holy mid to holy shit. Like, you know, you've got Soto going, Frankie Montas, all these big names uh, flying off the shelves. Josh Bell, too. And this quickly, I think, went down as one of the better deadlines of recent history. Oh, and it all went down in two days. Two days, basically. 48 hours. Yeah, and I mean, there was also some bigger moves that kind of trickled down right before it as well. Ben Attendee, uh, Basil brought up Vogelback. Like, there were some moves being made, like, at, coming up to the deadline. But I thought, yeah, that 24-hour span definitely was one for one for the ages. That was awesome. That was really cool. Teams got better. Some teams not great and some teams are just like yeah fuck we're we're done here we're gonna tank and we're gonna we're gonna get back what we can like the nationals um it's gonna be fun two fun months of baseball what three august september october october's gonna be insane no matter what happens a lot of good teams out there a lot of good teams out there yeah it from the People still, you know, including myself, still have a lot of confidence with the Yankees and obviously the Dodgers are the Dodgers. But then the teams like the Mets, the Atros, they're obviously big-time contenders. And then guys like the Padres and Cardinals and Twins all got better. So, you know, I responsibly will start looking at some teams (laughs) on the NL side that will make the pennant that might not be named the Dodgers. Um, and see what those odds are. I mean, I have my Yankees World Series bet. That was pretty, uh, I think it was in like the 900s, plus 900s, maybe wow. a, little bit, a little bit lower. But, you know, they're obviously the heavy favorites now. So we'll see. But it's anyone's ball game. Long yeah, story. Remember when people said the Blue Jays were going to do it? Which they still can. The Blue Jays, I mean, I mean Blue Jays did add a couple players. Depends on whether Whit Merrifield wants to get vaccinated or not. That's so wild. 
It might be a Kyrie situation. Is that crazy? Oh, so I, he has to get vaccinated at this point. Ugh. Like, imagine trading for a guy. He's like, no, I'm not getting fucking vaccinated. It's like, all right, well, we obviously have to get rid of you. So, I mean, that that would be a null and void trade. Uh, yeah, they would sue. They would. So I, I don't know who you sue, but you'd have to sue somebody. That's what, well, someone did say, I forgot who it was on Twitter, but they were just like, maybe the like the the blue jays probably could have had a better trade deadline if it wasn't for that vaccination status but then again they get the guy that was like notably a he was not vaccinated so it was like was that really the case or just no one was the blue jays like balking you could put together like a pretty decent crew of unvaccinated guys i'm pretty sure when the royals went like they had like they had like 12 guys that were not able to play i'm pretty sure that was the headline it was either them or the cardinals oh my god i just looked up i can't believe this information exists but this is a pretty fucking good team of dudes that aren't vaccinated and eh, no it's not that great it's ben Intendi, whit merrifield hunter dozier michael taylor and like a, a few scrubs and that's it Oh, they were all in the Royals, too. Yeah. That was actually just the Royals. Never mind. So there's probably some... I just said the Royals. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, these guys are all Royals. It was either the Royals or the Cardinals that had a ton of people that could not not make the trip. Robbie Ray. uh, Max Kepler. Aaron Nolan. Let's get off off the back stuff. This ain't lip talk. Come on. (laughs) But my point is like there, there could be like this. How is this to your points? Like how the fuck? I don't know. Like the rules are what they are, obviously. Like, but in that scenario, like you can't get like who do you get mad at if you're the Blue Jays and he's like, no, I'm not getting vaccinated. Like, and you go and say like, you know, our our trades null and void. Like, do you just complain to the league or like do you sue Trudeau? I don't know what you do. But, I think like I think the the trade just gets void and they had they uh I, yeah I I feel like uh Manfred well who knows what Manfred would do but uh, if I were the commissioner I'd be like all right this is clearly didn't work like go back everybody gets their return mm-hmm. and the Blue Jays get a little money for the inconvenience um a lot of good baseball talk though uh a little bit later on uh let's have some beer um. Yeah, you want to go first? Yeah, I grabbed a uh, a local collab and actually um, a connection to, you know, beers, business, and balls. But I grabbed the Good Luck from Narragansett Brewing Company, which was the collaboration with Sam Adams. Um, it's a 7% malt liquor. Kind of like a, a craft beer 40, you know, that they just a... Uh, a I don't even know how to describe a malt liquor beer. You know, it's just like the it's like the forties from Sevs, but this one had a little bit more flavor, um, and it really was it, drinking that and with the logo that they had, they did a great job of honoring like the rich history that both Narragansett and Sam Adams have. I mean, those are the oldest, oldest in Rhode Island and the oldest, I believe in well, no, Yingling's the oldest in America, but one of the oldest and original beers. Oh in america with you know sam adams and boston beer but 
it slightly sweet multi backbone bold hops that dish didn't like i don't even know how to explain like how they made a malt beer a, like a malt liquor in craft style but they did it's like the amber flavor to it the toasted the toasted flavor to it like it was just a smooth smooth beer from a like I wouldn't get malt liquor on the on the regular you know what I'm saying it's like I would not go get malt liquor at a craft brewery I did it because it's an Grancid. I enjoyed it 375 I definitely get it again that's interesting. I mean, that was like when I got hit with that, I, you had the same reaction too. Where we were at Sam Adams where we had that, you know, sort of, uh, it wasn't really malt, but the, you know, we had beer out of canisters and it was like, holy shit, this thing punches. Like, mm-hmm. that's super interesting because it sort of pulls in like, you know, that's what they do with wine, right? They like, they age it in these, these, barrels that have so much historical significance and and things like that and i don't know you almost get like it's in weird ways you know what i'm saying like it's it's different ways of sort of honoring just their existence and and how they came to be that i think are are really cool and obviously we've learned a lot about those stories over the past couple years yeah no i i enjoyed it a lot and again you know narragansett is one of those places where i'm so glad that they opened up this brewery by uh indian point park on fox fox point because it it just they they do everything right they do everything right and they have recreated their brand that it's more than just you know the the gansett lager and the fresh catch and the you know the dell's shandy it's so much more than that they they, they expanded their portfolio and really made the microbrewery feel with this major brewery and it's similar to what Sam Adams is doing now. I mean, we were at the Cincy Tap Room, where if you take the name behind that and you tried those beers and had that vibe, you're like, oh, this is a craft brewery. But then you walk in and it's like, oh shit, it's actually Sam Adams back. <laughs> right. Oh, it's and Sam be Adams. able to, you know, experiment with different things and like have the loyal fan base that is like, no, I just want my, you know, my Pilsner. No, they come out and they actually enjoy the craft beer and the different micro brews that they have. It's a, it's a cool vibe that they've done. So shameless plug for Narragansett. Yeah. They will have Mark on the podcast. Yeah, that would be, that would be dope. Mark Hellendrung. Um, if you're listening, you know where to find us. We're right here. We'll gas you up all day. Um, and we already have on the show too with different guests. They've name dropped him and we're like, oh yeah, Mark would be a great guest. Um, I will review this week. So I, you can see this, I'm repping the Bushwick shirt today, uh, courtesy of episode 94 guest, Brendan O'Donnell. Um, it's such a good beer. It is so good. I mentioned it last week on the pod where it was like, you know, there's just no per- no more perfect beer to drink at a baseball game. Well, I had one on my couch last week, hanging out, ice cold glass and a bright yellow bottle of, uh, of Bushwick Pilsner by Braven. Um, solid, solid beer. Solid, it, solid it's beer. It's so easy to kick back and like, I'm giving this a four. That's probably the highest rating. Pilsner. <laughs> like I won't give a Pilsner higher than that. Um, just so nice, so comfortable. It's so clean, right? There's like it, you can almost see through it. Um, and they they crush. 
They totally crush. You could have five or six of these and still it's be like the perfect oh. ballpark beer, the perfect summer beer. Oh, the yeah. perfect. Like when I think of ballpark beers, I think of Blue Point Toasted Lager or Pinstripe Hills at Yankee Stadium. I think of a Sam Summer Ale at Fenway. And the first time I had um, Bushwick was at City Field. It was right after we interviewed Brendan. And I only saw it because I'm like, oh, cool. We just, you know, we just had this guy in our podcast. Like, you know, I brought it back for everybody. And it was with my dad, my uncle, my cousin. They go, oh, wow, this is really good. What is it? I go, oh, shit. Yeah, this is actually delicious. It's a perfect beer for any outdoor. I'm not even just going to say a baseball game. I'm going to say this is the ideal. This is the ideal summer light beer for me. I think this is number one this year in Pilsners that I've had. Um, and I can't name you one that's close. So Bushwick, and I think you can get them in, you know, they're, I, are they pretty well distributed in Rhode Island still? I think that's what Brent mentioned, right? Yeah, they're still around. I've seen them. I saw them at, um, at Nikki's. I've seen them at other places. Uh, definitely. Well, you can get them at Newport craft. And you can get them at Newport craft. Yeah. So if you can't find them at your local, liquor store go down to newport craft and they'll they'll have them but you will not regret this like this is takes a lot for me to admit a pilsner's like really really good i'm first in line for bushwick first in line um pretty cool history too that i think brendan has i think he said it the first time on the pod it's like you know they named it after the neighborhood in brooklyn uh bushwick working yeah. class you know sort of just something that's gonna Something that embodies the neighborhood, puts the neighborhood on the map, um, and it's grown. They, they It was a conglomerate of different Pilsners that they brought back a few years ago before they got acquired. And finally, Brendan, as his story says, he said, you know, we literally just acquired it for that. So crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff still, got yeah. lost. still got a few left in my fridge. Two good local beers. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, into business now. This is also beer, so good segue. Um, we're going to Singapore for some beer slash business news. New Brew, you found this. Do you want to uh, do you want to enlighten everybody on what Singapore, uh, what this group is doing in Singapore? Yes. Yeah, so there is a group that is taking recycled sewage and turning it into beer. New Brew, uh, the brand by. Brewworks, which they spell it uh, B-R-E-W-E-R-K-Z, kind of interesting, but they are taking the beer from the recycled sewage water, and I have a little side story with that because we both went to Bryant, and GFOB was our like intro to business class, and like I was in the uh, international business one, and they were like, you have to solve a world problem with the business, and we found a company that took cow sewage and turned it into drinkable water. Mm. And I remember the professor saying, no one in the world is going to want to drink cow manure that turned into like purified water. But I'm like, it's purified water. No one cares where it came from. I'm like, people in Flint, Michigan were drinking stuff that was 10 times worse than that. And he like, we got a decent grade, but we didn't win the competition. And I was pissed off. And now you're seeing them make beer out of it. And people are going to buy it because it's probably cheaper. Um, 
So that's just my side rant. But back to Brewworks. Um, they worked with the country's public utilities board to produce the unique beer, um, pretty much figuring out ways to reduce water waste and turn that into something consumable. So they made this beer and we're going to have to figure out how we can get our hands on it or talk to, but pretty interesting stuff, how science works. And I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Is that the yeah. future? Is that the future? Just like stuff that like consumable items out of waste. We've heard different. I mean, I feel like even some guests have sort of touched this area very loosely, but not like the, I don't think anyone we know has ever like said, all right, here's this, like all this waste and crap and let's actually make something out of it. I mean, we've, I feel like early days we talked about the folks that, God, what is it, the UK, that they're taking like spent leftover bread and yeah. making beer out of it? I think that might have been early, early, like single digit episodes that we talked about that. But it's some pretty cool stuff. I mean, this is an application I haven't seen before. I mean, I'll throw it to you. Would you, if I handed you a beer and said, like, before you took a sip, this was made from sewage water, would you try it? I mean, I'll try anything. <laughs> I never want to be the person where it's like you offer me something that as long as it doesn't risk my life I'm going to try it because again like to make something that can go on the shelf it has to go through tests and it has I mean, to be safe like it's FDA approved I guess yeah. and again we've where it's 2022 they can make anything purifiable like if you ran I don't know how accurate this is, but if you ran like shit through a Brita, like it would probably purify it. Like, I mean, it would take a couple times. <laughs> and that's just something that you could buy at Target, let alone the machinery yeah. that like the, you know, the public water system in the country. Yeah, like ultraviolet lights. And, yeah. shit. and Singapore is like one of the cleanest countries in the world. It is. You get in trouble so, if you chew gum. You know, they, like they definitely have the technology to uh, do this. I don't know. I went on LinkedIn and I added the guy. So <laughs> <laughs> he's coming on the pod. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. T T uh Ton Weehan, the owner and CEO of uh Brew Works. Ton Weehan. All right, Ton. So I, I just uh I shot him a LinkedIn invite. Well, he's coming on and we're having questions for him. Yeah. I, I've got lots of them. I, I have lots of them. But uh, I mean, the fact that we're talking about beer that's made out of uh, sewage waste shows it's a slow news week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, uh, yeah, because what are we going to do? Talk about Pelosi? Yeah, Pelosi's in Taiwan. Stocks are down. Gas prices are, I guess, tumbling down a little bit. But they're, yeah, I mean, kind of crazy that they're just like guys, like like the White House, like social media is like there's like half the states that are now under four dollars a gallon, and like let's just. It's like <laughs> the blinders of just like, oh, we're under $4 a gallon. And then like three years ago, it's like it was $1.80. Dude, they ran on, they the whole time they said presidents don't control gas prices. And then they're like, wow, we're doing such a good job to bring the gas prices down. <laughs> it's such a joke. This happens, and this is not to point at any party, because this no. is just a circular bullshit, no matter who's in power. Oh. That's we're not a politics show. Sorry. It's just we talked about of, politics and vaccinations in the first 15 minutes. Wow. And we everything. went like 
almost we 100 need, episodes. We need, I was going to say, we, this thing started during a pandemic that was, and a, a very heavy political uh, climate, and we escaped everything, and then now we bring it to this. Episode 95. We're like I said, slow, slow news week. Yeah, that's just like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, who do you like, Trump or Biden 2024? <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. That would be, I do, again, in 2024, we'll have to just have betting odds out. Oh, we <laughs> should, at least, yeah, we should put some odds out. Because it's like, there's definitely going to be some wild names. Like, I think Elon should just run at this point. Yeah, it would be sick. I obviously know uh, that we can't do this, but it would be sick if we could, like, broker these odds. Like, be be a book. I think, I mean, Odd Shark had the odds during the well, I'm saying, like, if we could... If we could be the book. Oh, be the book. Which is obviously very illegal, but. I mean, there's definitely a book that carries it. Oh, for sure. There's, yeah. Odd Shark will definitely have them. Uh, there's some Bovada stuff too. Sometimes they carry that. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Robin Hood laid off 23% of their, uh, what was it? Not 23% of their workforce, was it? No way. Laid off a bunch of people. Let's see. What was it? Robin Hood. Yeah, twenty three percent of its workforce. No surprise. Vlad Tenev said, uh, as part of a broader company reorg into a GM structure, I just announced that we're reducing our headcount by twenty three percent. Okay, <laughs> sounds good, Vlad. Yeah, I mean, I left Robinhood last year. I'm not going back. Oh, never, never. The only thing I have uh, after GameStonk, that was it for me. The only thing I have on Robinhood for the past year and a half, like I haven't used them for a while, is um, like a hundred dollars worth of Dogecoin. I was gonna say that's a lot of people still hold their like shit coins, which I get. I have like three bucks of Dogecoin that I put in like 2019, 2020, like pre-pandemic. Yeah, no reason to pay capital gains tax on that yet. That's just that's just sitting. Because what's that like? A buck turns into a hundred. I don't even know. I mean, it was a hundred bucks, and I bought it at like point zero 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 four. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to pay like thirty three bucks in taxes on that. That was it. Did you see the? Um, did you see who post? I gotta see who posted it, but the. The lotto winner, the the t- the taxes that they had to pay on that. No. Oh my god! It was something like sixty percent. No, it was crazy. So it was like, where? I'm at the point like you could say any number that they had to pay in taxes. Like, oh, you had to pay seventy five percent. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. It was something where it's like he walked. Whoever won walked away with like. 450 million which again is still generational crazy money but the ticket was like 1.2 billion i'm trying to do some math here yeah so the winner of the 1.2 billion dollar mega millions lottery received 433 million after taxes more than half again i'm like i'm so not shocked is that fucked up that i like i'm not i'm not shocked at all so 433 divided by 1.2. I can't even do that on Apple. I got to put my phone sideways. <laughs> it's 
It's like one of those E things of the calculator. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's absurd. I mean, again, so, like, generation, like, you're not complaining about 430 million. Like, you're never going to spend no. that in your lifetime, and your your family is set for life. However, it's just crazy that you literally got a piece of paper and they took away 60% of that. Oh, I know. Look at us. We hit now vaccinations, politics, and taxes. Why are we, what are we doing? We're on a roll. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I should have bought a ticket. I debate that every time it gets over like, I'd say every time it gets over like Mega Millions, probably a th like 300 mil. Then, because that's usually when my mom starts calling like, hey, you see Mega Millions? Over 300 million. Like, ah, oh, shit, I should probably buy a ticket. And like, I'd say of that, I do maybe like 10% of the time. Yeah. And I hate to be that guy that literally steals, like says their marketing phrase, like, hey, you never know. but. I don't know. I don't know. Um, a good segment into our balls presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping and handling. We're talking a lot of baseball. Uh, the the Padres are up in their game right now. It just started. Josh Bell walks. Manny Machado doubles to center. Juan Soto walks. Brandon Jury just hit a grand slam. Fuck me. The Dodgers are up. What's the score? Fuck. That's... Five nothing. Yeah, five nothing. Bottom of the first. Are they playing the Dodgers? No, they're playing the Rockies. But no, still crazy. They're gonna win it all. Uh, their pitching is like so so. I mean, it's Who, not San Diego. It's fine. It's not so so, but it's good. Good enough to make him compete. I mean, what's going to be wild with the Padres is like they just gave Joe Musgrove a uh, five hundred or a hundred million yeah, dollars. I did see that too. It's like, how are they going to afford Tatis? As well? I mean, they already paid Tatis. They already paid Machado. And just get Kevin Durant to invest. I'm surprised Kevin Durant ain't joining the super team. Yeah, true. <laughs> Imagine like Kevin Durant plays left field. <laughs> so yeah, the the Padres depth chart is Cho Musgrove, Grove, Yu Darvish, Sean Manaya, Blake Snell, and Mike Clevenger. Josh Hader is their closer. Jorge Alfaro and Austin Nola are platooning the catcher. Then you got Josh Bell, Jake Cronenworth, Manny Machado, Hassan Kim. Because Tatis is on the IL. Yeah. Uh Jerkson Profar, Trent Grisham, Juan Soto, Will Myers, and Brandon Drury. That's a fucking squad. You're forgetting the best player on the team, Matt Batten, too. Is he even on the team? Are yeah. You... Yeah, dude, he's getting burned in the outfield. Well, he was. Now he's definitely not. But... Oh, he's a 125 average. Oh, come on. One RBI. Who the fuck cares? Fucking pride of uh pride of Connecticut. Yeah, in freaking twelve games, one he's better, than, he's better than Profar. I don't want to hear it. What? 
Four Profar. He might even be better than Juan Soto. Profar is hitting 261 at 12 800 OPS. Yeah, Matt Batten's better. Put that on no questions at this time. Matt Batten's better than Driggs and Profar. Fucking Connecticut people. <laughs> Soon as you're not recognized. Wow. Wow. He's the uh he's the leading uh I think all time hits at Quinnipiac. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was he posted this sick video of uh Trent Grisham's walk-off that he like he was on base and he scored and he was the first person to greet Grisham there. It was like a sick Padres hype video. It was sick. And that, that'll be my favorite Matt Batten Padres moment. I mean, the fact that like the Padres are 12 games behind the Dodgers, they make all these moves like like the pod, like the dot, the Padres are going to need to go on like a historic tear the next seven, eight weeks. Oh, I know. Like, imagine if they go on a historic tear and the Dodgers just like stand pat and like they only make up like six games. I don't know. And what better person to discuss this with than Sam Basil? Um, we talk winners and losers was a big one. It starts off sort of Mets and Yankees, right? And then we have a good discussion on like, all right, who won? The Padres come up. The Dodgers come up too, I'm pretty sure. Um, the Yankees definitely come up. And there are some others. There are some mystery teams for winners and losers. And there are some people that come up too. Um, Luke Voigt and Joey Gallo for for two of them. So let's dive into it. Sam Basil is joining the show uh, to talk about the trade deadline and the winners and losers. Well, let's go. All right. With us this week, we're joined by Sam Juan, Sam Basil, house content creator, Woba Wonder Boys, College Hoops Digest, the Amazons in Astoria. What else am I missing, Basil? I mean, you, you've done a lot for us the past couple of years, so uh well it's out of season right now but sunday spreads uh little breakfast with the talk. olympians yeah kind of just you know whatever whatever's coming off the dome you know from time to time uh basil daily too one of the first additions to the house enterprise family i like yes. that working on working on bringing that back soon either in podcast form or uh or maybe even a written form i don't i'm not sure yet but yes trying to trying to you know, sort that out. <laughs> the man of many talents and many passions. We're talking some baseball today. I mean, no better week to do it. The trade deadline came and passed. Some teams got better. Other teams like the Mets made some small moves. We'll see how they pay off in the uh, coming weeks and months. But where do you want to dive in? Where do you want to start off? Uh, well, I mean, I would love to talk about, you know, uh, some of the guys that were not traded uh, this 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 deadline that I think, you know, some were a bit of a stretch somewhere. I think, you know, uh, almost a lock. But, uh, you know, I think I think that's always kind of one of the more interesting storylines, you know, personally. Uh, I mean, so definitely want to talk about Wilson Contreras. Mm -hmm. right for the Chicago Cubs I mean I, I think a lot of people were uh you know looking at offer like a lot of people were sending offers to Chicago on him 
Um, I know the Mets were looking at him and whether or not, you know, I know Andy Martino of, uh, of SNY reported that, um, that the Mets did make an offer to Contreras, uh, to the Cubs for Contreras, but it seemed like the Chicago and, you know, naturally so were asking uh, for a lot in terms of prospects uh, and in terms of, you know, maybe just some, you know, substitute, sub, you know, subs, you know, lower down on the, on the, on the Mets roster and the, the Mets just did not want to budge on that. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, you know, he's still got, he's still got a lot of time left in Chicago, but I mean, if the Cubs don't pick it up next year, I mean, it, I have a good feeling that we're probably going to be seeing his name floating around this time in 2023. So what the Mets did do is they got, Two guys. Um, now, I, I won't give my takes yet. We'll get yours first because you get the rights to this. Um, <laughs> Darren Ruff and Michael Givens, both names that, if you follow baseball, are probably pretty familiar in some sense. But a lot of people looked at this from the outside in and said, what the hell are the Mets doing? Um, honest thoughts. Give it to me. Are these Did these genuinely make this team better? Yeah, so um, I also want to throw in, you know, obviously this was a little bit before the deadline, but I feel like, you know, the week and a half, I, I would consider like the week and a half before the deadline to kind of be lumped in with a lot of these moves. Vogelback, I mean, right? yeah. yeah, Vogelback and getting Naquin over the week, over last weekend from Cincinnati. Um, so you take that, you take Vogelback, Naquin, Ruff, and Givens, right? Uh, first three guys is just simply adding – you know, just power to the Mets roster. And I think, I think it's something that the Mets need in, in, in some parts. Um, it's, you know, I would definitely say that the, the bottom half of their lineup was looking a little rough uh, at certain points this season, you know, definitely Tomas Nito. Nice pun with rough. Nice. I see what you did. <laughs> unintentional, completely unintentional, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, so the bottom half of their lineup was was definitely not performing as well as the top half of, of their order uh, this season. So I think, you know, adding bats, uh, especially if you're going against teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, a lot of these teams this season that have just, just such powerful, high-scoring offenses, um, that's definitely what you're going to need. So it doesn't hurt. Um, and then with Givens, right, uh, going into the going into the deadline, the biggest thing that everyone was saying the Mets needed was the bullpen. If you look at, I've said this before, I've said this on the Wonder Boys, I've said this in the Amazons in Astoria. Um, not every game, but you look at the like a lot of games that the Mets lose, a lot of one to two run games. The reason why they lose is because of their bullpen. Uh, their starting rotation is always, you know, top notch. They put on great performances uh, and their bullpen just gives up a ton of home runs. Um, and given, oh, I did it again. Mike, Michael Givens <laughs> is. You wait, you managed to, oh my God, you managed to make two unintentional, like, oh, the bottom of the lineup looks rough. And then given, <laughs> dude, you're on. You deserve list. a fucking award. It'd be it'd be harder for me to honestly do that. It, it'd be harder for me to do that on purpose. How do you I, do I, that? So you know, Michael I'm Givens is stunned. I'm I I'm sorry. I'm stunned. That's hilarious. Oh my god, that was awesome. That's that. That's that. Uh, that's that Fordham. You know, that's that Fordham 
broadcast education right there. Um, but moving on, you know, Michael oh, Gibbons ahead, yes. is a good relief pitcher, right? This season is probably one of his best seasons in like the last like four to five years or so. He's got a 159 ERA plus. Uh, you know, you always want another guy with a sub sub three ERA, sub two whip. Um, he's a good pitcher, but what the Mets needed so bad was a lefty. So if, if the Mets, you know, acquired Gibbons and like three other, you know, solid bullpen guys, then I would have given them like a B plus to like an A minus, right? But because the Mets just made like very basic improvements and not in the areas that they really needed, I, I'm going to have to give them like a C minus to like a D. You know what I mean? Oh. And the biggest problem that I saw when, you know, because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the names that were that were that the Mets were floating around were names that people wanted to see the Mets get pretty much like for the past like three months or so. Soto, Contreras, those guys were on the table. The Mets were making phone calls. Um, but I think to a fault, they were just not ready to give up a lot of their prospects, which you know, they do have a lot of good prospects right now. You know, you've got uh uh oh my god i just totally blanked the catcher is um alvarez alvarez right yeah francisco alvarez you got brett Beatty. um you know you've got all these guys right and they're really good when they when they get make their way up to the mets in like in probably like two to three years maybe even two uh they're going to be good players but when they're prospects you don't know how they're going to be in the major leagues. You know how good Juan Soto is right now. You know how good Wilson Contreras is right now. And so with the team that you have, with the team that you have, especially with some of the biggest stars that are on this team right now and their current situations, like Max Scherzer, you know, I don't know what he's going to be doing, uh, you know, contract wise, but, you know, he's, he's kind of on a downward, you know, slope in his career. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of aging out of the game. Jacob DeGrom. Does he have an opt-out? Uh, I don't know. What is I thought he signed like a three-year 75 million. Or no, like three. Oh, yeah. It was a brief contract. Yeah. It's a a three. Yeah. So it's a three-year $130 million deal. But even then, like, yeah, he's not going to be a free agent next year. But what I'm saying is he's 38 years old. Right. Right. Jacob DeGrom is going to be a free agent this in 2023. Um. That's so, true. I mean, this season is kind of like it, this entire season is kind of just like a really long arbitration talk with Jacob deGrom. Right. Mm-hmm. So when, when, when you're doing that, when you're trying to hold on to like probably one of the best players that, that you'll ever have in a generation, right. You need to show him that you're ready to be serious and you're ready to win now. Um, and I just don't think the Mets really did that. There's a really interesting quote that I think, it's a little bit, I mean, you know, I think it's to the Mets, it's a justification, but for me, it's like a little bit of a confession uh, as to like where they're, where they're standing, you know, in, in, in terms of how they're trying to build this team. And this is, this is via Tim, Tim Healy uh, from Newsday. And this is, this is Billy Epler. Uh, if you're subtracting a percent or one per 1.5% aggregate over a four or five year period to move up 1% now, 
I don't think that's how sustainability works, right? <laughs> that's a real, on paper, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You, you don't want to be the team that just, you know, gives away your entire farm system for a couple of, you know, potentially what they call rental players, which isn't, is not really a term I really like, but you know, it, it, it sticks. So, you know, with, with a bunch of rental players, to possibly win a world series or not. And then when the, when, when you get to the off season, the entire team falls apart and then you've got, you know, no win now team and no win in the future team, but the Mets backs are against the wall with a lot of these, you know, top players that they've got right now, they are in win now or win in like seven years. You know what I mean? So I just, I just think, they have good intentions, but I just don't think they were in the right mindset at this trade deadline. And, you know, Vogelback hit a grand slam today. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like the guys that the Mets have acquired are not producing. It's not like the Mets can win in spite of, you know, their bullpen problems. Uh, but it was just a little disappointing. I felt like, I felt like the Mets were, you know, kind of given a lot of good opportunities these past two weeks to make some really smart trades and they didn't. Well, you make a good point though, about the, you know, the win now movement, because for example, a team like the Braves can sell the hell out of their farm because they just signed their entire young core to 10 year extensions. I mean, they have that team of um, Austin Riley, Acuna, Albies, I, yeah, was, was it was it Albies that they signed? Like they got a steal for him? They got it, steals for all of them. They basically really, did. If yeah. you really yeah, look at cool. it, yeah. If you really look at the numbers, it's like you yeah, know they locked they, him in low before they locked him in low. But even Austin Riley, it's like a ten-year, two-something, whatever it is. But they have their young core for the next ten years, solid pitching, and they still acquire people at the deadline, and they still have proven vets. It's yeah, like you Braves, can do both. You can do both. I mean, the Dodgers are a team for it's it's insane what the Dodgers do, building up their roster of guys like Clayton Kershaw, homegrown talent, Walker Bueller, Gavin Lux. Um, who else was on that team? I mean, who else was a young? Was Will Smith? Uh, uh, yep. Yeah, you could be you know, in that bucket. Whoever it is, right? But they have a good mix of like they've built up people, then they've signed people like Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Justin Mookie Turner, Betts. but Mookie, <laughs> Mookie. Yeah. like those, and then they trade for guys like Trey Turner, Mookie. They were pretty much in the final conversations with Juan Soto. So, like, how the hell do they recycle through their farm while still bringing up the people that matter? And then selling off, you know, for those rentals per se that ended up becoming like, you know, the future of their team. I don't know. It's it's uh it's a double-edged sword. And like the Dodgers have figured out their recipe, teams like the Yankees and Mets have not. I totally agree. No, I I, I totally agree. And again, it's like uh, it's like really hard to knock on this team, right? Because they're so good. They just beat the Nationals like nine to five today. They're they're like almost twenty games over five hundred, uh, which they have not been in a very very long time. I have been nothing but excited about this team all year, but at the same time, there's been that been that thing in the back of my mind where, to a certain extent, 
I almost know exactly how this team is going to lose. You know, when you get to the, when you get to the postseason, like I, I watched that series, that, 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 that four game series against the Braves. And I'm going to watch probably every game of this five game series against the Braves that they got coming up this weekend. Um, and it's, it's the same story every single time. And yeah, sometimes they find their way out of it. Um, but even look at, look at the Nationals on Tuesday night, right? Uh, Jacob DeGrom coming back after almost 400 days off of, off of the mound. And as many um, days. You know, not, not, including, uh, not including spring training, obviously. Um, like, you know, puts up a great performance. One earned run over five innings. I think he had six strikeouts. And then, you know, Nagasek comes in in the, in the sixth and the Braves hit back-to-back home runs to go up four to one. So it's like, or I'm sorry, the Nationals hit back-to-back home runs to go up four to one. So it's like everything was spelled out for the Mets and they just, they just didn't take the opportunity. And I, I I really feel like it's going to come back to bite them in a, th- a five game series. I think a five game series will be so stressful as a Mets fan. <laughs> you know? uh, I'd be concerned. Yeah. I'd be really concerned um, because you can't, again, in good conscience, you know, I, I don't think you can really give this deadline over anything over like a C minus, like you said, right. Cause yeah. it's been just mid it's been mid. I don't know. Um yeah, we can we can sit here and break down, you know, all, all the trades really, but I think it would probably be cool to do um, you know, I, I'm sure we've all got our thoughts. If we were all to go around and pick a winner and a loser, right? It could be a team, it could be a player, it could be an executive, it could be a division, whatever. Um I think I've got a few in mind. I don't know if anyone feels passionately to go first, but a lot uh, of winners, a lot of losers this uh, this time around. Yeah, I'll go. I have a loser that sticks out, and I just feel bad because I, I love the guy, but Luke Voigt. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the fact that they interviewed him, and you can see him beaming with pride, being like, we just got Juan Soto. I'm going to hit cleanup for the San Diego Padres behind Tatis Soto, Machado, Cronesworth, all of this stuff. And the one guy, Eric fucking Hosmer, finagles it out. It's just that whole situation. It's like they went from three beefy first basemen to none or to one just getting Josh Bell. Luke Voigt gets sent to the freaking dumpsters of the Nationals. I believe he's on an expiring contract, so he can leave. Uh, or, I'm not sure what his deal is, but let's see. It just, you know, that sucks. And it's like a guy like Hosmer who easily, Eric Hosmer easily could have finagled a like, buyout with the nationals that would have paid him like Bonilla, uh, Bobby Bonilla, you know? Oh, yeah. Bobby Bonilla, imagine. And then he could have gotten picked up by a, by a, a contender. contender because like a team, you know what? A team like the Dodgers would have, I feel like would have picked him up because inner division, a big fuck you, a lefty that they can just hold on their bench. Um, I'm surprised that like, he just didn't say, okay, I'll go to the nationals on one contingency. You're going to buy me out and pay my $44 million left on the contract for the next 30, 40 years. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, actually, I'm looking at Luke Voigt. 
he's got two years of control left for the for the Nationals after this. Now, I mean, he goes up for ARB in uh, next year and then the year after. Um, I I don't know. I think this like this. Make no mistake, this definitely sucks for him. Like you go from all this like literally top of the universe to like, hey, here's your fucking consolation prize. You get to play first base for the worst team in the league. Yeah, and you can hit first for all we care. So make no mistake, like that sucks. I mean, yeah, I don't know. The Nationals are not going to be ready when he's around. He's 31. Yeah, like Lufoy's not like a young chicken. I just more feel bad of like he went from, you know, he got pushed out of the Yankees after at one point carrying the team during that pandemic season. And, you know, he couldn't stay healthy. He got traded to one of the best case scenarios to the Padres. Like he could have been shipped off to Oakland. He could have been shipped off to Pittsburgh. Like the Yankees, like still like, yeah, they got, you know, some depth behind them, but they traded him to the Padres, which is like, that was a great team to then now like possibly miss out on not only one world series with the Yankees, but another world series with the Padres. It's a, it's a real kick in the dick. So that's my loser. Yeah, that sucks because you have to think if you actually make a really good point. If he was with somewhere like Oakland, he would get bought. He'd get bought by a playoff team this year, and instead he's the odd man out. You yeah. know, he, really got, he got pushed out. So that's my loser. My winner, I thought about this one a lot because the sour taste that was left in my mouth at the end of the day yesterday – but you got to go with the Yankees. I think the Yankees all around, because I know someone in this group's going to say Padres for Juan Soto, obviously, and getting Josh Hader and stuff like that. But I think the Padres are in such a win now mode that like they really f- for, um, mortgage their future in terms of like selling off everything they have. Um, but I think the Yankees did a great job in not selling their house for a win now mode. So it's like they needed an outfielder. They, one, traded Joey Gallo for a top 15 prospect from the Dodgers. And then that number 15th prospect became a number 10 prospect in the Yankees system. So it's like... I have no idea how that happened, by the way. Like, yeah. right. well, that just came out of thin air. What the that fuck? That came yeah. out of... And, like, that's what I love about, you know, just baseball Twitter in general. How many fucking people were, like, DFA Joey Gallo? They waited and, like... After the deadline, if the deadline passed and no one got Joey, Joey Gallo, they could have DFA'd him. Fine, whatever. But, like, they literally held their guns and got a top 10 prospect in their farm system now, which is insane for a rental. Like, the Dodgers might not, probably won't re-sign him depending on how he does this year. And I wish Joey Gallo the best of luck. But that move alone is a win in any fucking GM's playbook, right? I'll be crazy. I think that's a win for him too. It's a win for him. He needs to change his scenery. Like the sad comments of him not wanting to leave his house, his apartment. Yeah, it was just, it was just tough. But so the Yankees got the best available rental outfielder in the entire market with Andrew Benatendi. I would have said Ian Happ out there, but he did not move. So Benatendi it is. Frankie Montas was the second best controllable starter behind Luis Castillo. And they paid miles less obviously like Luis Casillo just had a good game today it's a long season I'm not a long rest of the season getting a guy like Frankie Montas without giving up three of your top five prospects like the Mariners just did to um for Luis Castillo 
is crazy. Like that was Juan Soto numbers. And, you know, my big take is like Rudy Gobert ruined the Rudy Gobert trade ruined sports trades for the next decade across all four leagues, because what they, what the Timberwolves shipped off um, for what the Timberwolves traded for Rudy Gobert, what four first round picks and like five players, every baseball, football, basketball, hockey team is going to be like, what else can I push the envelope to get? And it just showed because Luis Castillo, he's a good pitcher, but a two-time all-star. He's worth three of your top five prospects. I don't know. I don't know. So getting guys so you're like saying that, like You're saying like from now on, like the, the move in, in sports trades is just like, just like big moves, like five, six, you know, players or assets like per side making trades. Well, if you think about it, it's like the Mariners haven't made the has the has the longest playoff drought in all of you know sports, I believe. That's crazy too. That's so like that they're in such crazy. they're in such a like a holy shit, we need to get better now. And the Timberwolves obviously have new ownership groups and like they have a young core and like they've been kind of the laughing stock of the West that they needed to do like an oh shit move to get a guy like Rudy Gobert. There's going to be suckers throughout all four sports leagues that will mortgage the house to get a guy to make a splash now. And it's not yeah. going to be your, it's not going to be your big markets, like your, your, your New York's, your Boston's, your LA's. It's going to be these random Seattle, Minnesota, like not like small, but not like fuck you money big. Yeah. I mean, you have some teams that are going for it for sure. Yeah um basil we'll go to you winners and losers uh anything stand out for you uh yeah i mean i think i think you know obviously the Padres are the biggest winner of 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 the entire trade deadline uh more so for the fact that i don't think they're gonna win i don't think they're going to win a world series this year uh and that's that's not knocking them at all i think they could do it i just i just don't think they will but now uh you know when Tatis comes back uh, and then you've got, you know, Soto, Machado, Tatis, that's going to be probably the most exciting lineup in all of baseball. And then you're creating an environment, you know, you saw, I, I don't know if you saw this, but you saw the clip or of, of uh, when, when, when Juan Soto got to meet Fernando Tatis today, uh, you know, they, they showed up, you know, he showed up at the, you know, Padres facility. They're gonna build like a very strong relationship, you know what I mean? You know, I I can't say for sure, but I, you know, you know, it, when you play good with guys together, you're 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 gonna build a strong relationship. You're gonna to want to keep playing together, and so when it comes time to you know re-sign Juan Soto, you're gonna get him for like a huge contract for a very long time, and that I think is the biggest reason why the Padres won this won this deadline today. Um. Or yesterday. They also added Brandon Drury and Josh Hader. Yeah, casual. That 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 kind of – that Hader one had me a little uncomfortable because it's like, what the fuck are the Brewers doing, first of all? They're in first place. Why do you trade your best pitcher? I mean, Taylor Rogers is good, but like – They got a haul for Josh Hader who wasn't going to re-sign with them. I guess, but do you, I don't know. There's something about the fact that they're in first. That's like, why the fuck would you trade your best bullpen pitcher? You know, I think they're kind of looking at like, they might be first in their division, but they're not a world series team. 
I think the Cardinals are also a better team than them right now. Right. Yeah, I, I would also put the Cardinals down as a winner for for getting Jordan Montgomery. Uh, I think that's really good. I mean, you know, losing Harrison Bader is okay. Um, and I wanted to put Montgomery as a loser, but I just don't know if – I just don't know if that's, like, really fair to him because he, he, he got sent to a good team. But he also left – he also got traded from the best team in baseball for an outfielder that I really don't think the Yankees need. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it definitely is a head-scratcher move, but after hearing a couple commentary over the past, you know, since yesterday, it's purely a playoff move where it's like, you know, Montgomery would not have been one of the starters. I think he would have been a stretch relief in the playoffs, but they mm. see as though, like, having a guy like uh, Bader in the outfield on a defensive moment is better than a Hicks. Hmm better than a like offensively the cream of the crop outfield is a Ben attendee Stanton um, a Ben attendee Stanton and judge, judge outfield because you get DJ LeMayu at third Glaber at second Donaldson at DH. Okay. You know, that's like the perfect recipe of like all of your big bats are in and everyone's in a comfortable position. The smart outfield would be, Ben attendee in left, Bader in center, Judge in right, standing at DH. So it's like, okay. I, I still don't know how I feel. I'll when he suits up, I'll have a better opinion there. I mean, also Montgomery is a Boris client. So a lefty a, a young a young lefty pitcher at the end of the season who's gonna be a free agent, like he's <laughs> Get your fucking get your uh, the Brinks trucks ready. Like he's gonna get he's gonna get paid. Yeah, because this Cardinals team is old too. Like, yeah. like they're a good team; they can make the playoffs. But I don't really think there's a lot, you know, for a, a Jordan Montgomery in in the situation that you're describing for him to you know potentially resign with St. Louis, unless there's a chance that he could be like the guy. But like, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We're all, it's got to be all in on Montas. I, I honestly think, though, that, like, the Yankees are spinning it as, like, hey, like what I just mentioned that, you know, let's polish the edges around the playoff team and Monty wasn't part of that. I honestly think that a deal fell through for Lopez or Radon at, at the end. Maybe. You never I, know. I, I feel like they were they were in it. All of the big the big wigs were saying that Yankees are in on Lopez, Yankees are in on Rodone. I think it goes back to the point that I made that the price tags were just too high for guys like that, especially controllable guys, because those aren't rentals. Those, you know, those two players have some years under their belts. Um, I think something fell through at the last second that they're just not be saying. Could be it. That's my take. All right, Basil. So your winner goes down in the books as the Padres and the Cardinals, I guess, too. Yep. Your loser, is that the Mets or is that uh, – what, what, what do we got for your loser here? It's hard because, you know, I – yeah, I guess, I guess my loser is the Mets just because they improved but not where they should have. 
like I've said, um, yeah. and I, I, I don't think anything they did on Tuesday really made a lot of people very happy, you know? Um, so yeah, I'll put, I'll put my loser down as the Mets and I guess, uh, you know, the entire Washington Nationals fan base. Yeah, that um, sucks. Yeah. yeah. Just saw an article on CBS that it was like loser Nationals fans. Like, yeah, yeah. that, that blows Bryce Harper, Rendon, Trey Turner, and now Soto all gone. And you have, hey, they have a World Series. That, they, do have, they do have a World Series. Yeah. I mean, there's we'll get, talks of them selling that team, right? Yes. I don't know what. Well, that's, that, that's what was interesting, too, because there's, there's, there's talks that the Nationals can, are, are possibly changing hands in ownership. And that was a potential reason why Soto wouldn't have been traded. Um, because, you know, they, they were thinking they wanted to kind of keep them around to, you know, you know, you know, schmooze things up for the new ownership group. But I think it got to a point where it's like, look, this guy's going to leave no matter who comes and takes over the team, because you're not going to be able to turn the team around uh, in time for, you know, when he resigns, it's, it's just not going to happen. So they just, you know, they sent him over to San Diego. Yeah. All right. I've got mine now. We'll start with a loser. Um, I've been unfair with this team and I'm going to be what could be perceived as unfair again, but it's rational. I think the Red Sox had a terrible deadline. Weird Um, deadline. Weird deadline. I mean, I it was straddling whether. uh, Yeah. Very weird. It was straddling whether like, are, are you selling or buying? What are you doing? And then a retool. I have this belief, and Twitter seems to think so too, that Heim Bloom is just constantly tearing down this team to unnegotiable depths to incrementally bring it back up and be like, look what I did. I took this team out of the gutter. (laughs) Yeah, but you put them in the gutter. Yeah, you put them in the gutter, dude. Um, Well, I mean, just look at this. You get Vasquez away, which I mean, like, it, yeah, he's not great. He's not like, but I would probably say he's top 15 catchers, top half of the league, right? Um, he's kind of like, he's low-key having a, a pretty decent season. He's been like, consistent. Like, you know what you're going to get from him? He's not going to ever hit like, you know, 40 homers and 100 RBIs, but he's going to catch a really good game. He's going to get on base every now and then, and he'll have a clutch hit. 281 batting average, 42 RBIs, eight home runs. Good defense. That's fine. Yeah. I that's a catcher. I could I I don't that's fine with me, right? Um so you give him away. It's great. Fucking Astros needed it, which I'll get there in a sec. You bring in Tommy Pham, who I cannot stand. Another weird. <laughs> I can't stand him. I cannot stand him ever you know what put me over the edge tondo it was because that his quarrel with luke voigt earlier this year true true yeah uh, i guess Vo- was it voigt yeah he slid no fam slid into i don't know there was maybe it was with the padres or some shit but Are we he, talking about the fantasy football league no well the no that was um who did who was that with that was um, that was jock, jock. right that didn't he slap jock. jock in the face but eric yep. hosmer's in the league that now fam's not a part of the league anymore. So but what was that hard slide earlier in the year? It was the a hard slide like, against the Padres where like I think Voigt did that. Either it was on Voigt or like it happened to somebody and Voigt said something, and then 
they were like gonna fight, and it's like Tommy Fam, you're losing a Luke Voigt. Reds Tommy Fam livid at Padres Luke Voigt over slide. All right, we're gonna Tommy Fam. Yeah, so oh, Voigt ran into he barreled uh, Stevenson. Gotcha. Which I don't know. I was this year did it for me with Tommy Fam. He got into too much shit. I. This is perfect. He's the perfect Red Sox. He's a hateable guy. Um, and he can't back it up anymore. So I love it. Um, and I've I, I've always had this weird thing about Eric Hosmer. I just don't like him either. Um, yeah, I mean, great. It's an improvement over Bobby fucking Dahlbeck, but he yeah. sucks too. Um, I don't know. Like, this team did not get better. You bring in Reese McGuire to catch too? He has such bad stats. Oh goodness! Don't Google him. You're not gonna like it if you if you like the Red Sox. Goodness gracious! So, I think this was a bad deadline. People call it weird. They say, oh, you know, it's kind of just they didn't get better. They didn't get worse. I think they got worse. Uh, what do they have to show for it? Really, nothing. So that's my loser. I think the Red Sox had a very crappy deadline. Um, and they're in last place. And they also are in last place. Um, a lot of layers to this too, because the Orioles are obviously now in fourth. I wish they had stuck in it. And instead I have to declare my winner, the Houston Astros. Um, granted they have, I think they have a bulletproof rotation. I think there is no weak spot in their, their starting five. Um, they are what they are. We don't have to go through the the lineup and whatnot, but they had two weaknesses. And it was catching, right? You have Maldonado, who's like, great. You're going to trot him out every day. Uh, Jason Castro is on the IL. So you go get Vasquez, that you improve your team, and then you get Trey Mancini too uh, to sort of help out at first and the DH when, you know, Jordan's moving all over the place. Um. And then they picked up Will Smith, too, in the bullpen. I mean, that's a monstrous three names. Like, if the Yankees did that and they had those needs, I'd be pretty happy with it. Um, uh, they scare me. A good team got much better. That's that's what I see here. I think they made significant efforts to – they didn't have a lot of weaknesses. It's still pretty unclear in, like, you know, who's going to be the center fielder. Um, it, I don't think – there's really this team is about 98% complete and that scares the living shit out of me as a Yankee fan. Yeah. And I mean, you bring up the point of like not a single hole in their rotation. They traded away Jake Odorizzi, who's a serviceable starter. Doesn't matter. Top to bottom. That's what I'm saying. They had had too many starters, which is a team. A team never has too many starters. How fucked up is that? I mean, Framber's been pretty good. Garcia's been great. Christian Javier striking out everyone. I mean, he threw that seven-inning no-hitter against the fucking Yankees. And then Urquidy, who has had some really nice playoff starts these past couple of years. Yeah. They can trot out five guys, or they can do like a Verlander game one, Framber game two, Garcia game three, and then you combine with – you start the game off with Urquidy, and then you have Javier pitch the last five innings. That's scary. That's really, really, really scary. The rich get richer. 
The rich. I don't know. What about the I Guardians? Huh? Well, how do you guys feel about the Guardians? Because I feel like I would I, honestly, I would throw them as as losers too. I mean, yeah. not that I really thought they would even make like the ALCS, but I mean, I think they're a team that <laughs> I feel like really just wants an appearance in the postseason, and they just they were just too quiet for me. You know? You're, yeah, you're a game out. Like, pick up the goddamn phone. Start making especially fun. especially for what the Twins did. Yeah. Like the twins made moves where like the guardians could have at least echoed that. And the yeah. twins didn't like make blockbusters, but they made moves again to improve their team. I got, uh, what was it? Lopez, Fulmer, and, uh, Tyler Molly from uh, Cincinnati. I think that's really good. Sandy Leone is another catcher. Did the twins pick him up? Yeah. Or was, was I, I always forget like, wait, the so the twins treated him to the fucking guardians. Or, no, was the other way around? The Guardians gave him to the Twins? I don't know if he got him from the Guardians. I thought they did. Let me see. Where did he go? Because that's really st- – I mean, like, Leon's just a – he is what he is, backup catcher. Yeah. Yeah, the Guardians traded him. So it's like they traded to the guy – they traded to the team that was a game ahead of them. I don't know. They had a few needs. But, I mean, they picked up Michael Fulmer, um, Tyler Maley, another good young pitcher. Yeah, this Jorge Lopez dude, too. The all-star. Yep. They they did some moves. My other loser would actually be the Baltimore fans. You finally are in a season of, you know, the Manny Machado days are behind you. You're above 500 for the first time since 2017. And you sell off the heart and soul of your team in your all in your all-star. Yeah, it sucks. You're three games out of a wild out of a wild card. I know. How much you have a ton of fucking prospects sitting in the farm that are just waiting to get ready. You have the money to spend in the offseason. Why are you gonna pick up the Astros dirty prospects that aren't probably going to like be sufficient. You just ruined your whole locker room. I, would you say they ruined it? I don't know. Oh my hundred percent. You ruined your locker room and you ruined your fans perception on you. I feel like it's mostly the, well, <laughs> Trey Mancini is their captain. Yeah, I know. If, I just not, think if not the C on their chest, the emotional leader that it's like, Hey, when Trey Mancini speak, when Trey Mancini speaks, everyone is listening and the pin drops in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, and you I traded that I, away. I do, that. I do. I know, and that to the fucking Astros. Yeah, oh. that was. Come on, have some respect. That was a, <laughs> a big fuck you to everybody. I don't know. He's uh, like, I I hear that. I was rooting for the O's. I wanted him to jump a few spots. I mean, let's get real though. I didn't think they had it this year. Yeah, yeah man, I think I think they're realistic about that too. And I also feel like Trey Mancini, you know, people were talking about him getting traded at the like he was like a preseason, like almost lock for the deadline. You know what I mean? You know, considering oh, yeah. where people thought the Orioles were gonna be. Um, so I just kind of felt like that was maybe just Baltimore being like, uh, you know, let's just, you know. Cut, cut the cord right now before like it hurts too much. You know what I mean? 
Because now yeah. you got all this time to focus on all this on all this young talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah you can uh, make sure Jorge Mateo stops fighting people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I love Adley Rushman though, so I think it's just I a weird. It's know, just a weird move. Yeah, like you know, they're doing so well. Why change what's going on? Worry about that. And like they traded him in the off season, no one would have said anything. It would have been like, hey, thanks for the memes. I will say weird move to trade Mancini and not Contreras. I, I'll get, I'll meet you there. Like, like for, you know, the Orioles to give up Mancini when they're in the hunt and then the Cubs just to kind of sit on their thumbs, not really do much except. He is, he's going to leave. Costs. He's going to leave. What Contreras? Yeah. Well, of course he is. Yeah. You could, I, I don't know if I'm Ricketts, I would have. Who other at least got some return for him for a rental though? I don't know. Is there anybody um MLB free agents coming up? I'm trying to think who Maybe else. Opt out. That's a, that's really the only one I know right now off the dome. I mean Carlos Radon. Yeah, yeah. So he could have Giants are still kind of weirdly in it though. They're so out. What they're so out, they're wild card. There's three spots, they're five games out of the wild card. I think they're like kind of that's that's not a lot in the NL, it's fucking crazy over there. Yeah, yeah but that's fair. Yeah, but Atlanta, San Diego, like I don't know. Yeah, with the and now, now that Philly's got now that Philly's got Syndergaard, like I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, look, Syndergaard, Syndergaard has been like not great this year. I mean, he's been. Not great specifically against New York teams, um, but uh, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think the Giants. I, I just don't think their 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 heads are in it. You know, a lot of the guys that that were doing really really good last year, uh, just just didn't. Were not able to carry that over, and I just think they're they're going to get ready to potentially blow it up. Right. Yeah. Right now it's Atlanta, San Diego, Philadelphia, and then you got St. Louis as a half game back. Right, and the cards made actionable moves that made them better. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess San Francisco is probably on the outside looking in now that I think about it. This uh, can I throw out another loser? Actually, now that now since please we're do also talking about Cleveland, uh, the White Sox. Yeah, the White Sox. I can I, from what I'm hearing, it it, it seems like. The White Sox are losers by like no fault of their own. Uh, it just seemed like they didn't really have anything that people. They just they were they were sending stuff out apparently, and people were just not not buying, like not biting, you know. Uh, and it sucks because I feel like they really they really started off strong. I think they were all like they were, you know, close to favorites to win the division, and I I, I just don't think they they you know have been able to perform. I don't know. They're like who wants to play for La Russa, though. Ugh. Nobody. But again, though, the White Sox, like, they're only two games out. Can they can they climb? Can they they're two games out of the second wild card behind the I can't Guardians more. I can't believe that. Oh, God. What a world. The Baltimore effing Orioles. 
plus seven run differential, one and a half games out. They have a plus seven run differential? Plus seven. I mean, you compare it to the Red Sox, minus 20. You compare it to uh, Kansas City, minus 132. Minus 132 for Kansas City? Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's not even the worst, too. It's uh, <laughs> The Nationals are minus 172. Wait, the Yankees are plus 206? Yeah, plus 206. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> Dodgers are plus 205. That's kind of equally scary. Wow. I don't know. Wow. I This was a pretty... Everyone was calling this a snooze fest of a deadline. I actually think we saw some really good stuff. I I thought it was a very good, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, it had the potential to be down. like, I think there was some crazy shit that had the potential to go down that I don't think went down. Um, but I think it was, I think it was a deadline that was good for the league or good for, you know, the majors. Yeah, I mean, it would have been wild if guys like um, – Otani and and Trout got traded and just you know fully combusted the league, but I'm glad they didn't. Trout goes to like uh, Trout goes to the White Sox. I honestly thought Soto was going to be an uh, a de- a off season trade candidate, not a deadline. I thought so too. I didn't. Think I really I did not think that they were going to string together an offer. And honestly, hot take, kind of an underwhelming offer. I see. I don't really. I, I see that, but I also see it's like I, what was it? It was one, three, five, and fourteen for prospects that they got. So, and I mean, the Nats got what they wanted, but their track record with homegrown prospects is just so goddamn awful. I mean, like we said before, Rendon, Harper, Trey Turner, Soto are all gone. So, what's the point if you're just gonna get rid of these dudes? You know, if you're going to get rid of Rob Hassel and this uh, and this James Wood kid in two years, like after they have one good year because you don't want to pay them, I mean, what what the fuck was the point? It's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. So Mike Rizzo on the hot seat? I don't know. It's just a shame. It's just a shame that, you know, I think we, we talked about it before, but it sucks more for the fans that, like, you literally had – a World Series team without Bryce Harper. Pe- yeah, like, yeah. people forget Bryce Harper does not have a ring. Imagine, like, if he stayed with the team that they had. They they could have won back-to-back. I know. They Especially in the shortened COVID season. That would have been cool. <sighs> but that's all. That's, that's all. Uh, that's all on his his chapter. He might. I don't know. He's. I mean, the Phillies are in. Oddly enough, right now, the even after they can Girardi a while ago, they're very in. I mean, I think honestly, like I said, with the with the Braves, I think the Phillies are another team like that will thrive in a five game series. They got some. What's the Phillies depth chart? Segura. He's still on the team? Probably. So you got, <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know. Your starting five is Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Noah Syndergaard, Ranger Suarez, and Kyle Gibson. See, that's like actually pretty good. David Robertson's your closer now. 
And yeah, you have, so that's a good pickup. You have guys like Brad Hand, Corey Nebel, Nick Nelson. That Nick Nelson? No luck. You've got to be kidding me, of course. And then it's... Is Didi still on the Phillies? Yeah, it's JT Real yeah. Muto, Reese Hoskins, Bryson Stott, Alec Baum, Didi, Kyle Schwarber in left, Brandon Marsh at center, who they just got from the Angels, Castellanos in right, and then Bryce Harper when he's healthy at DH. I, I miss Didi. I do. It's fucking lefty bat and defensive, better defensive shortstop than IKF. Yeah, and then he goes to the Phillies, and they're like, oh, yeah. Girardi's like, yeah, you can play third and second, too. Yeah, yeah. that was the biggest, biggest what-the-fuck moment. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm glad now that, like, someone said something to Eric Boone that was just like, yo, you have guys that can play in, like, multiple positions. Like, Matt Carpenter playing first, third, right, and left field. Like, that, that's just crazy to begin with. But really short if they really needed to. If they really needed to. And they've always said, like, they're like Aaron Judge is a right fielder. Aaron Judge has played center now, and they finally have Giancarlo standing in left and right. I'm like, imagine if you just said that with Didi instead of just saying, oh, he's a landlocked shortstop that we don't need anymore. Well, yeah, now we do need. Now we do need. And I, I swear to goodness, I swear that if Volpe or Cabrera are not on the team next year, and they didn't trade them for him for Juan Soto and Aaron Judge leaves. I ain't spending a dime on Yankees money ever. <laughs> you sure? You know, you say that now, and then you and I are going to go to a game. And be like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll spend twenty five bucks on a fucking chicken tenders bucket. Nope, nope. If Judge walks, and if Judge walks, and Volpe is not the starting shortstop, you're out. I'm out. I'm going to be pretty pissed if Judge is not there next year. That's for another day because I don't really – I had fun with this segment, but yeah. I – Another time, another place. Yeah. If the Yankees win the World Series, hasta la vista, though. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's like, all right, hey, you won the World Series. Awesome. See you later, man. Go, go enjoy a $500 million contract with the Diamondbacks. No, you know what? I think – the Rays seem to be just watch out. There's, they might be a dark horse because now Tampa they like Bay? to spend money. Now they like to spend money. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Now they like to spend money. They just did it with Wander. That's it. That's all the money they have. That's true. <laughs> they got to worry about, they have to worry about renovating their ballpark before they can. But like, imagine play. this for a sick fucking plot twist. What if Aaron Judge goes to the Nationals? Honestly, he goes to the Nationals. Have well, I would no I would way. stop watching baseball. He he's he wants Juan Soto money right now. But if Aaron Judge went to the Nationals, I think I would just stop watching baseball. He and I like, hope he, why the fuck would I do that? Like we just got played like a fiddle by Aaron Judge and <laughs> fucking Mike Rizzo. Whatever. But we don't have to worry about this now. No, we're winning a goddamn World Series. Subway Series World Series. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm in. I was not in preseason because I just just don't think, like, my mental health could handle something (laughs) like that. But, and, you know, yes, now now I'm in after the Mets took the first two games. But I think think it'd be a really good series. But, again, like. I am all all for that because it's like our house team – for the most part, is Mets Yankees. Yeah, and oh, I, the content we could make from that. It's more Mets than Yankees, and yes. I already have a fire Subway Subway Series World Series shirt design in the back of my head. <laughs> that 
it's going to get launched like once the postseason starts either way because it's like i'm (laughs) manifesting that but i mean the live streams that we can have for that and like potentially go into a game like i I am rooting for that but also just because it would be like a very cool story it would like especially with the captain documentary going on right now and like they were just talking about like the 2000 series like pretty special Dude, I and honestly, like the city wants it so bad. Like me and John talk about it all the time, and I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't usually like these narratives or it's of, of of where it's like, oh, like Major League Baseball, like, like they want a certain result, but it's like, yeah, I mean, in, in a certain way, they do. You know what I mean? I'm sure they would love, you know, like ratings wise. I'm sure the biggest, you know. World Series would right now would probably be Yankees Dodgers because it's it's bi coastal. You'll probably get the most eyes on it, uh, like spread out across the country. But I think right right below that is 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 Mets Yankees, and I think the city of New York wants that so bad. I mean, you talk to anybody who's like even vaguely watching baseball at this at this point uh, in New York, and it's all they're talking about. All I talk to people with at work, like in the office, is just is the Mets and the Yankees and the possibility of a subway series. And, you know, everyone's like, it's a, it's a little tense. Like I got to admit, like it's a little tense being in the office sometimes. Cause it's like people just they're there. We're, we're drawing lines in the sand, you know? Yeah. I mean, who do you think is more likely to win their respective pennant? The Yankees. I think the Yankees are running away with it a lot more than the, the, the Mets are right now. Um, but again, every every like other contender uh, that that could go you know against the Mets in the in the in the NLCS, the Mets have beaten you know the Mets have beaten the Cardinals, the Mets have beaten the Braves, uh, the Mets you know they they got a game off the Dodgers. You know Pete Alonso does really well at Dodger Stadium, um, so I think it's it's going to be so close. But I think the Mets do have the best shot that they've ever had in, or, you know, the best shot that they've had in the last 10 years. This is a better team than the, the, the 2015 team, which, you know, I think goes without saying, because, I mean, we've known how good this team is, you know, right from the get-go. I mean, the 2015 team came out of nowhere in late July. Um, like, literally nowhere. Um, but I think – if it like if if it's not this year then when you know right right i mean if it's not this year for the mets people's heads would be um cohen would get death threats cohen would get no no it's 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 people's heads will explode if it's not this year for the mets and then degrom leaves that is that is the danger zone the mets don't have to win a World Series this year. They have to do good enough that so that Jacob Degrom stays. That's it. That is that is the that is the floor of this team. And you look at last night, and I like you look at last night, right? Jacob Degrom through five innings. Uh, you know what's what's killed him his entire career at the Mets. The reason why he got a Cy Young with a losing record is because he's had no run support his entire career. This season has shown that the Mets can give run support, you know, when they're hot, they give run support all the time. 
you saw when 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 Marte was making some great plays in the outfield last night. Degrom was pointing. He was smiling. He was communicating with these players. It looked like he was having a great time on the field. And now, where it's going to hurt is the bullpen. Jacob Degrom's going to go out there. He's going to put on a great performance. He's going to have this thing locked in the bag. The offense is going to be doing maybe okay at that point. And then the bullpen is going to come in and they're going to, they're going to mess it up. And that's, that's where it's going to hurt them really bad. And I, I, and like, and I, it sounds like I'm like willing this into existence and like, I want nothing more than, than for this not to happen, but you know, I'm a Mets fan at the end of the day, like this, this team is 28 games over 500. I'm still a Mets fan, you know, and it, it's, it, it sounds like shitty to say that, but that's, 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 you got to have that, that always in the back of your mind, like, how can this go wrong? And not in a bad way. It's just like, just fix it. You know, we broke you. What? I said, we broke you. <laughs> no, it's, it's it was from the heart. No, it was from the heart. Again, like, and like I, I, I feel like I've been I've been so negative, like this entire podcast. But again, like, like I, I, I feel like sometimes I, I kind of have to balance it out. Sometimes I feel like in my blogs and on Global Wonder Boys, I'm like a little overly positive. But at the end of the day, like, I have never been more excited about this team than I've been in my entire life. And like, it's just that one thing with this team that keeps me up at night, you know. I mean, that's passion. I mean, we feel the same way with like Yankees top two, where it's like, oh, you and I talked about that basil a couple couple weeks ago, where it's like, oh, it's 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 bad to look at the negatives. And it's like, but that's what your your eye kind of uh falls to. No, it's not it's not bad to look at the negatives. And like I don't want I don't want it to sound like, and again, I don't want it to sound like I'm dragging this team because they they've been in these situations and they get out of it all the time. Look at the comeback against the Phillies that like, that was amazing. Look at the comeback against uh, the Cardinals or, or when, when Escobar hit the, hit the walk-off, I think it was a double or I'm sorry. uh, Oh my God. Who is that? Who is that young kid that, that hit that, you know, when they walked it off against the Phillies on Sunday night baseball, I was there. It was electric, but it's like right now they've got 162 times attempts to make that mistake in two to three months it's going to be five so that's 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 just that's just how i'm framing it you know yeah i'm i'm not here to i'm not here to sit and like drag the mets because that that gets that gets you absolutely nowhere and then it's just not fun like i i I love watching the mets every single night (laughs) like I'm not trying to suck the fun out of like watching baseball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I had fun. This is a fun segment. Yeah. Um, you are going to be doing this for the rest of the baseball season, at least uh, on Woba Wonder Boys. So to close out, tell the listeners where they can find uh, Woba Wonder Boys all year and what kind of things you guys are discussing. Yeah, you can find Mobile Wonder Boys pretty much like anywhere you get any other House Enterprise podcast. So that's going to be on Spotify. I believe we're on Google. Uh, I think we're on Apple as well. Uh, I got to check. I got to check updates on that. Anything that Anchor carries, Anchor's been Anchor's been really great so far. Uh, and yeah, this is pretty much what we talk about. John Gensler and I are like 
on an almost regular schedule, you know, whenever we can, we can find the time talk about, you know, just what we love around the majors every week, you know, where we think certain teams are going uh, just games that we think you guys should be checking out on a week to week basis. Uh, John is a huge stat head. So, I mean, if you're really into any sort of like saber metrics, I mean, definitely tune in for that. And uh, yeah, if you just want to listen to some, some dudes talking baseball, hit up the Wobble Wonder Boys. All right. Well, Basil, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks for all that you do. And uh, well, well, the next time you're on the show, it's the pregame of the uh, Subway Series World Series. Yes, it is. All right. I'll have you guys on for uh, leg two of the regular season Subway Series because I definitely want to talk about that. There we go. All right. Look it. And that was just Sam Basil, house enterprise content creator, one of the best in the business. I mean, we appreciate everything Basil does for our brand um, and all the hard work he does. So obviously this interview was great. Check out Global Wonder Boys uh, Friday. That drops alongside John Gensler. He's going to have a lot of great uh, content coming that way. And one thing that I forgot to mention, although, you know, I really hope in terms of the house that we get a Yankees, Mets, Subway Series, World Series, I really do hope for that. But you know it's going to be Dodgers, Yankees, and it's going to play out like this. Andrew Heaney is going to have, like, in game seven, like a 12-strikeout game. Oh, and then Tommy Canley is going to come back from the IL and strike out the side, and then Joey Gallo is going to hit a home run to win the World Series. Like, you know that's how the Cardinals – Kill me. That's how Kill me Cardinals, now. <laughs> that is how they're going to be dealt. There are two scenarios that I would stop watching baseball. That's one. One of them is that one. I think one of them is definitely that one. And the other, as, as I said, if, if Aaron Judge signs with the Nationals and maybe, I don't know. I got to think about it for maybe Sox. like one or two other teams. Well, yeah, the Red, the Red Sox. Sox. No, I, I would not. I don't think I would stop watching baseball in either of those scenarios. That's my hot take because it's just so evil that it kind of makes, it makes like an uncomfortable amount of sense, which I'm scared about. Um, I don't know. Like if he went to a bad team, like a very bad team and just rotted there, I would stop watching baseball. If he went for a very bad team, he's only in it for the money. Like if he I, maybe all right, the Nationals and Cincinnati. If he goes to either of those two teams next year, that might be grounds for me to stop watching. No, but like those are so unrealistic though, because it's like they are not going to dish out money for him. Well, which is why if they if some freak thing happened where it's like, oh yeah, cool, we'll break the bank, like I will I'm I'm done. Like I can see him going to like the Diamondbacks on a stupid contract or even the Angels and like the Angels are going to be a bad team, but, like, they continue to do so. They continue to do stupid shit, maybe. I don't know. Hopefully we don't have to worry about this. I'm being too pessimistic. Um, yeah, it's, I'm only – I'm trying to enjoy the season he's we having. We have to enjoy the ride. We have to enjoy this team and this league right now. Like, my God. It's a very top-heavy league this year. Very top-heavy. Very top-heavy. But it's like you're – Like, you're, there aren't a lot of terrible teams. 
There's a few. They're not, but like realistically, in my eyes, again, like there's still a lot of baseball left. I truly think the ALCS is Yankees Astros. I yeah, I'm I'm at that point too. I don't think the Twins are anything to write home. With. I don't think anyone in the AL Central is right to write home about. Yeah, the Mariners just took two from us, but it's like, congrats, you got some new toys. Like, you and the Blue Jays are in purgatory with an 11-game deficit. You know, go have fun as you battle it off for the wild card. Yeah. In the NL, the NL is the scary. Like, I thought at one point the AL was, you know, there was a lot of good teams in the AL, and there still are. But I really do think it's the Yankees and the Astros in the NL. Could be the Mets, could be the Braves, could be the Phillies, could be the Brewers, could be the Cardinals. I Cardinals could be, the, right now. could be the Dodgers, could be the Padres. It could be any one of those teams, and I would not be surprised. Like, I would be surprised if the Twins, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners were your World Series team. I would be shocked. The Guardians, too. I yeah, think. I would be very, very surprised. Any of the teams that I mentioned in the NL, I'd be like, damn, good for them. It should be the Dodgers or it should be the Mets, but any of these teams now. Right. Especially the Padres. So let's buckle up. That's all we can do. Buckle up and enjoy. I'm going to go watch Juan Soto fucking scrape it up with the Padres. You know what's the funniest part, though? That, like, I feel like this year has been one of the most, like, media driven social media rise for baseball and they're about to lose all that steam in three weeks yep because football is back Mm -hmm. it's crazy it is crazy where it's like you had so many people i feel like now people know baseball players names the amount of times juan soto was mentioned and stuff like that like there was there was a lot of eyes on baseball this summer, and they, they're going to blow a 3-1 lead to football like they do every year. Let's see. I hope not. I hope you're wrong. I hope it's, you're wrong. it's just true, though. It, it is. I just hope it's not. <laughs> right? I think, like, I forgot how many people watched the Yankees-Mets game. It was, like, one of the highest. A ever. lot. Yep. I, I want to say 12 million, but that doesn't sound right. No. I we'll come back to that. Well, I wanna how many people tuned into Yankees Mets? Yankees Mets viewers two point two point eight. Two point eight million. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's the highest ESPN viewership in fifteen years from Yankees Mets. Yeah. Highest midweek ratings on ESPN. Yeah. Since uh, yeah, that would make sense. Two thousand seven. Wow, that's good. And then football is going to casually drop like five million. Yeah, on like a fucking <laughs> Jags Titans Thursday night football. That's <laughs> an average. It's going to be Texans Jags week two, and it's going to have like three million views. Oh God, which football game was the? All right, the most watched ever was 21.8. That's football? Yeah. 
What was the most watched ever baseball? Probably like 16. A World Series game. Whoa. That can't be right. No, viewership at 55 to 60 million in 86. No way. No way. Yeah. How'd they even track that metric? I don't know because this doesn't make, I don't know. We're going to have to do a deep dive because I don't get these metrics here. That's just bullshit. We're going to have to come back with like data because this, I don't know. I see 39.1 million from Arizona. Yeah, the Diamondbacks and the fucking Yankees in 2001. 39.1 well, million. Well, that was uh, 9-11. Yeah, but. A lot of people are trying to get their mind off shit. I could, I could see that. Oh, no, I can 100% see that because didn't George Bush throw the World Series? Didn't no, he? that was the Subway Series. That uh, was after um, it no, was the first game back. True. Wait, I no, that wasn't the Subway Series. It was just the first game back from 9-11 that George Bush threw the first pitch. Because they took like a week off. No, it was the World Series. No, no, it was the World Series. It was Game The World Series that year would have been... It was Game 3 of the Diamondbacks. Yes, it was Game 3 of the 2001 World Series where George Bush... Game 3? Yeah, where George Bush put the thumbs up. Oh, what happened the game after then? There was that... That was Sammy Sosa with the American flag and the the Mets and the Yankees wearing the, um, the fireman hat. I mean, if you really think about it, the playoffs were a month later. Yeah. All right. What happened? This was. So that's why it was. Yes, I can see why 30 million people tuned in. Yeah, I guess so. Rudy Giuliani might have thrown the first pitch. No, it'd be Bloomberg. Back. Um. It says no. Wasn't Giuliani still uh, in two thousand one? Right, unless Bloomberg was. Yeah, that was uh, Giuliani's last year. Hmm. Two thousand one. Yeah, and then Bloomberg. Uh, two thousand two. Yeah, I think that's why that was like peak. Everybody loved Giuliani at that point. Yeah, the they call them the Giuliani seats, the ones next to the Yankee dugout. All right, we're gonna come back to baseball views because this is pissing me off. I don't know how no, you that get makes, sort that of adds up. one million. That that adds up. But two point one million after for this year after they do thirty nine point one million in two thousand one. No, the two point one million was the highest midweek and subway series. It was midweek sub yeah, yeah. World series, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Take the take okay. the World Series out of it, but the highest rated, I mean, thirty-six million, that blows any football game out of the water, but that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Okay. Too many data points here for me. The, yeah, all right. So we've got average. What was the highest? Okay. 96 was the highest rated World Series. The 1996 World Series? 
Yeah, highest average viewership. Junior's rookie year. Yep. Yanks, one and six. Yanks and six. Hmm. Highest rated game seven. Uh, 2016? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even fucking close. It was 86. It was 86. 60 million viewers. Yep. Interesting. That makes sense. Viewership has went down so much over the years, though. Yeah, because it's it's been a dying sport. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess now we know why everybody says baseball's dying. Sadly, viewership went down by two thirds. Yeah, sadly but true. Oh, there you go. I learned something new today. You want a, a data on how much baseball's dying? It's right there. It's right, right there for us. Mm-hmm. 60 million to 20 million in like in like 30 years hmm. when tv has never been more accessible wow what a way to end it that's depressing <laughs> God, yeah we just went we just got deep wow we're like wow yeah baseball's sick it's gonna be so fun and we're like wow holy shit this is dead <laughs> oh yeah. my god i'm like sad now it's it's yeah that's what i've been saying all right well i guess i'm gonna go watch juan soto rake now just to make myself feel better yeah fuck and that's the show (laughs) wow sorry to get somber there at the end jesus all right uh yeah exciting stuff for next week too uh college football's coming up we're gonna start to talk about that in the next few weeks I still have to pick a team too. Like, I don't know. I might just bet. I don't know. I might just not have allegiance and just bet. So I got to do some research. That's more fun. Yeah. That is more fun. I don't want to pick a team and then have them suck. Or like if they do something stupid, like Alabama inevitably does, like I don't want to have to like defend them. Georgia. Georgia. Yes. Easy. All right, uh, we've got yeah a couple of exciting uh, conversations lined up for the rest of the month, and let's do it. That's Will and I'm Jake. So long, everybody. Take it easy.